Coming up, we will go through the many bombshell revelations exposed by the Twitter files. Thank you, Elon Musk, for restoring a shred of integrity to social media, for exposing what we have known for years. Twitter, Facebook, Google are just an arm of the Democrat Party, suppressing conservatives, shadow banning, rigging elections. And we're going to go through a lot of these stunning details. Here, let me just say this to President Trump. If you are reelected, if Trump is reelected in 2024, I know we have a long way to go. He's got to appoint. It's no more Mr. Nice Guy. And, you know, you're, what do you mean, Mr. Nice Guy? I'll tell you what I mean. Remember the chance of lock her up. Trump was president for four years. He could have prosecuted Hillary. He could have done so much more to target his enemies, to target the people who spied on him and who impeached him. And he did not. Trump, he left the DOJ alone. He did not, even though the Democrats act like he's some kind of big threat, he didn't target or prosecute anybody on the left. Well, enough is enough. Look what they've done. Look what he's gotten in return. All he's gotten is misery and a point. And, and there are so many criminals. There are so many corrupt people on the other side that deserve to be indicted and deserve to go to jail. So here's what he's got to do. You got to appoint Rudy Giuliani because, you know, William Barr is just not going to you know, have the stomach to prosecute these people. Giuliani's probably the only one. He's fearless. Prosecute Dr. Fauci. Prosecute Jack Dorsey, the head of Twitter, who we now know lied under oath, lied to Congress when he said that Twitter didn't shadow ban conservatives. Well, Elon Musk has exposed the truth. Uh, Prosecute John Brennan, who lied and claimed that they never spied on Trump. Not true. Prosecute Andrew McCabe, who lied to investigators, prosecute Hillary for the email servers and the like dozen other crimes that she's committed over the years, prosecute James Comey, prosecute Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, come on, there's so many scandals involving Ocasio. I mean, she's even being investigated by the Democrat-led House Ethics Committee. Tells you everything you need to know. Send them in front of a jury. I'm not even saying that Trump should put them in jail. That's not. He obviously doesn't have that kind of power, but just have them be judged by a jury of their peers, have ha, have a trial, and let's see if they are found guilty. How about the Pelosi's? How about Chuck Schumer? Let's investigate them. I'm not saying indict them. Investigate them. Uh, indict Dr. Fauci because he lied under oath multiple times. And what's amazing is there's, there's, there was a bombshell tweet from Elon Musk. We're going to get to that in a moment where he literally said that Dr. Fauci lied under oath about gain-of-function research that he funded, which led to the death of millions of people. And what's amazing is it was this is Elon Musk. Elon Musk is not somebody who has some kind of vendetta against Fauci. Elon Musk, he is not a conservative. I've never known him to have any kind of conservative political viewpoints. Elon Musk, he has no skin in the game. He's not doing this because he's some kind of politician. He's doing it because he sees the truth. He sees the reality. He's seeing that Dr. Fauci has been allowed to to lie under oath to cover up the fact that he that he funded the research that led to the covid virus in the first place. So when Elon Musk says it, he's got a lot more credibility than when Trump says it or when I say it. That's what's amazing. So we'll get to that in a moment. But it, it, Trump was targeted for all these years and he never did anything in return. They spied on him. They impeached him twice for no reason whatsoever. He had a phone call with the head of Ukraine, with Zelensky, and he got impeached over it. It was, it was absurd. Um, so the, it, it's time to fight back. Flip the script on the Democrats. All right, so Elon Musk, as I said, this this stunning tweet, and this isn't getting as much attention as I would have expected. Obviously, we know the media, the mainstream media, is not going to focus on this. But even some conservatives, I mean, Elon Musk accused Dr. Fauci 
of being responsible, indirectly responsible for millions of deaths. Dr. Fauci, the man who supposedly, by the way, he didn't even protect the country from COVID. Supposedly, you know, he, he's the man who like helped lead the fight against COVID. No, he didn't because the number of deaths by their own count is exponentially higher, is so, so much higher than their like almost worst case scenario. They had these models in the beginning and it turned out to be much worse than even what their models projected. And they were listened to. Dr. Fauci, he was controlling the lockdowns and all of that. And now we know that the lockdowns, unfortunately, you know, did very little, uh, at least according to many studies. Nobody, we're never going to know. We are never going to know. Did the lockdowns help? Did they not help? How much did the vaccine, the vaccine certainly help, but how much did it really help since it could be transmitted anyway? Look, the vaccine seemed to lessen the severity, you know, uh, of the illness for a lot of older people, but we're never going to know. But all we, all we do know is doc, under Dr. Fauci, how many, what, a million American lives, how many lives were lost by their count with, with COVID? So you're going to tell me, well, that was the best he could do. Well, we don't know that. Maybe somebody else could have done a much better job. They were, they were predicting a lot fewer deaths. So by his own, by Fauci's own estimation, he performed dreadfully. He predicted what, like the, the worst case scenario was about 250,000 deaths back in 2020. And it was like quadruple that or something. I, I don't know. I'm not looking at the numbers in front of me right now. But if you just go, hey, Fauci, what would you consider an abysmal failure? He would have said the amount of deaths that we currently have is an abysmal failure. So that tells you everything. You need to know, but that's not even, I don't even get into that right now. But, uh, this is what's amazing is that Musk, uh, put out this tweet. Totally, as far as I could tell, it just was out of the blue. My preferred pronouns are prosecute Fauci. That's what, as, you know, as a joke, making fun of this preferred pronoun nonsense is insanity. So Musk puts out a tweet saying, my preferred pronouns are prosecute Fauci, which how, you know, how beautiful is that? And, Somebody responded to Musk. I don't remember who, but somebody responded responded to Musk and saying, "Like, what do you like?" In shock, somebody on the left saying, "Prosecute Fauci! How dare you?" Because they're living in their bubble. They read the New York Times. They read the Washington Post. They watch CNN. They have literally have no idea, you know, all the all the crimes that Fauci has committed. He's disgraceful. And uh, so, so Musk responded and he said, "Well, actually, you know, Dr. Fauci is responsible." He funded gain-of-function research, which led to millions of deaths. I'm literally quoting you a, a, a tweet from Elon Musk saying, "Doctor, because if Rand Paul says this or Trump say it, oh, well, they're just, you know, these radical you know, right-wing lunatics, so they have no credibility. Well, Elon, Elon Musk says that Fauci um, funded gain-of-function research, lied about it to Congress, which is a federal crime, obviously, and and it led to millions of deaths. And that's exactly – we now have that book from EcoHealth Alliance. That's exactly what happened is that Fauci funded gain-of-function research. Recently, he just said that it's even worth the pandemic. Fauci said, yeah, I would fund gain-of-function research again even if it leads to, to a pandemic. It's still – I mean it's just bizarre. I mean how could he how, how could he say this kind of thing? And by the way, you know, somebody responded to Musk's tweet and said, quote, let me guess – you found messages between Twitter execs and our government, Fauci and team, pushing for censorship of anyone that did not go along with their narrative on COVID. And Musk responded with a trophy, with a symbol of a trophy. So we have yet to see. I'm sure that's going to be one of the upcoming Twitter files that's released is collusion between Fauci and the CDC and the NIH and Twitter saying, listen, you've got to only, only spread our narrative and suppress any evidence that goes against the lockdown narrative and the Fauci narrative. All right. Hunter Biden artwork. Hunter Biden, the renowned artist, the renowned painter, 
his artwork continues to sell for obscene astronomical sons of money. You cannot make this stuff up. Do you know what it's? We're talking about two hundred and fifty thousand people have already spent like millions on 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 Hunter Biden paintings, and now it's still going for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a painting. And these paintings are junk. You ever see a Hunter Biden painting? You're not missing much if you haven't. I mean, these are pure junk. So why is everybody so scared? It literally, I mean, he's the next Picasso, Hunter Biden. It's amazing because you know he was on the board of Barisma, the the energy cut, his huge energy company. And yet he admitted that he knew nothing about energy. You know, he, he's gotten $1.5 billion in investment funding from China. He knows nothing about investing. But when it comes to art, <clears throat> I mean, he's the next Rembrandt. He's the next Van Gogh. He's the next Picasso. And all of you people who are so skeptical, are why are people spending oh, – they're, they're trying to buy influence with the Biden crime family, right? I mean, so skeptical, so cynical – Maybe it's just coincidence that his father is president. Okay, maybe he really is just an incredibly talented, gifted artist. I mean, look, let's be honest. If if you wanted to buy influence with the White House, I mean, would you really start with Joe Biden? Like Joe Biden, how much influence? The man has very little influence on policy decisions. I mean, yes, he's technically the president, but like, uh, you know, uh, in name only, P-I-N-O, Pino, president in name only. But it's like this coincidence of people spending these astronomical sums on Hunter Biden. It's similar to like Twitter. Remember, Twitter kept mistakenly banning conservatives, but it was just co- it was a glitch in the algorithm. It's just coincidence. The glitch only affected conservatives, but the glitch never affected you know, liberals and leftists. But uh, same thing here. You know, it's just coincidence that the son of the president – who, who has been known to literally sell influence to, 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 to his father's, you know, sell, sell his way to be able to connect to Joe Biden is selling these paintings. And they claim that it's anonymous buyers, but it's not anonymous buyers. There's no way they're saying that there's no way to prove that whatsoever. All right. So let's get to the Twitter files. We're going to go through here step by step. Elon Musk dumping thousands of documents, mostly related to the 2020 campaign and the aftermath about Twitter banning Twitter banning conservatives and uh, you know Twitter interfering with the election and by the way the two reporters officially they're independent reporters who are going through the Twitter files and then uh, you know releasing a lot of the details but these are actually leftist journalists this, this is Matt Taibbi who's been known to be a leftist for a long time now he's annoyed at the Democrat Party because they've gotten so extreme kind of like Elon Musk and you've got Barry Weiss Barry Weiss was a New York Times reporter for years eventually she left the New York Times. She she had a problem. Their censorship got so extremist and their anti-Semitism, anti-Israel and everything else. Barry Weiss is Jewish that she 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 left the Times and got upset at the Times. But she's not exactly it's not like she became conservative, you know, or even became in the center now. So that just tells you everything you need to know. Now, one of the Twitter departments that used to ban conservatives was was called the Trust and Safety Commission. Musk has just disbanded it. The Trust and Safety Commission. You can't make it up. Trust and safety. It's it's all about distrust, but they call it the Trust and Safety Commission. And what they're doing is they're using it to ban conservatives. They were until it got disbanded. I mean, so it's Orwellian. All right. So part one of the Twitter, there have been five parts that have been released thus far. Part one exposed that Twitter suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop scandal with zero basis. Uh, they, they they did it purely to protect protect Joe Biden. There was no reason whatsoever to believe that it was disinformation. But Twitter did not care. And uh, they literally took their cues from 
the FBI. It did not violate any Twitter policies. It was an arbitrary decision. It was done at the request of the Biden campaign. They never make the and it was a mistake. It was a mistake. They never make mistakes in Trump's favor. They always make mistakes in Biden's favor and the Democrats favor. And by the way, the suppression of the Hunter Biden uh, story by Twitter in October of 2020, it was so controversial that even Twitter executives were opposed to the decision. But in the end, the people who wanted to ban, including lawyer James Baker, who had been working for the FBI and been a buddy buddy with James Comey and the Democrats and probably Hillary Clinton, you know, he helped them decide that, yes, suspend the story, ban the story, censor it, ban the New York Post. The, the, the entire New York Post Twitter account, I believe, was shut down for like three weeks leading into the election. I mean, amazing. Uh, do you realize how much that benefited Biden and hurt Trump? So let's go through a bunch of conservatives who were shadow banned by Twitter, even though Twitter denied it. Denied it. Dr. J. Bhattacharya. Um, he claimed that COVID lockdowns would harm children. And it turns out Twitter secretly placed him on a trends blacklist, a trends blacklist. Basically, they prevented his tweets from trending. Twitter has these trending tweets category where they'll show you tweet tweets that are trending. And this is what they did is they actually prevented these tweets from getting the kind of reach. Sometimes they just censored the tweet altogether, but sometimes they secretly made it that the tweet just would not get any visibility. So the internal view of Bhattacharya's account there's a yellow label that shows trends blacklist. So that means his tweets were excluded from trending topics. Another label reads recent abuse strike. Um, whether placement on the blacklist follows a strike is unclear. Uh, another screenshot fo- shows Dan Bongino, Fox News contributor, podcast host. He was in a search blacklist, which means that people can't find him, Bongino, when they search. Charlie Kirk's profile, another conservative talk show host, uh, was labeled, uh, or, or he's a conservative commentator. You know, it's got a lot of different things going on, Charlie Kirk. His profile was labeled do not amplify. And then, then there was this high level Twitter team, the site integrity policy, policy escalation support, um, which they actually, uh, kept banning libs of TikTok, limbs of TikTok, libs of TikTok. As we know, they repost videos. That uh, just expose how the left is trying to brainwash children and, and, and teach these very young school children all this incredibly immoral stuff. So Libs of TikTok keeps trying to expose that stuff. And um, they kept banning Libs of TikTok. And yet Libs of TikTok, it turns out, never or rarely violated any of Twitter policies. But they didn't care. They just they, they, they banned her anyway. They banned the account anyway, despite the fact that the account did not violate Twitter policies. So let's recall that Twitter executives insisted to us repeatedly that they did not engage in shadow banning, made us all out to be crazy. Uh, in July of 2018, Vice News reported that Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, all prominent Republicans, did not appear in a drop-down menu of suggested searches, even when you type in their names. The next day, um, two Twitter, two top Twitter executives wrote a blog post entitled Setting the Record Straight on Shadow Banning. They said, quote, we do not shadow ban. You're always able to see the tweets from accounts you follow, although you may have to do more work to find them, like go directly to their profile. We certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology. Jack Dorsey shared that post and added, quote, we don't shadow ban. We certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints. Well, now we know, thanks to Elon Musk, that was a lie. And the claim that uh, the algorithm does not make judgments based on political views 
we now know was a lie. Meanwhile, um, it, 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 they, they, they blamed it on an algorithm get, glitch. I mean, there was one Twitter executive who blamed it on, on an algorithm glitch. Yeah, there were times when mysteriously you can't find conservatives when you search for them on Twitter, but that's just a glitch in the algorithm. And Jack Dorsey literally went on Sean Hannity's show and said, we do not shadow ban, period. And and, and Jack Dorsey told Congress under oath that we do not shadow ban, period, essentially. And uh, now we know that he lied to Congress, and that's a prosecutable offense. But obviously, unless Trump, as I said earlier, becomes president and decides to prosecute them, he's never going to pay for that. He's never going to suffer. But now we know the truth. All right. Twitter files part three was all about election fraud. Between Election Day and January 6th, they basically sat there banning anybody who questioned the results of the election and questioned whether or not there was election fraud. Yoel Roth, other executives, they would literally go through these conservative tweets. They were literally sitting there. The top Twitter executives were reading the conservatives tweet by tweet, dissecting them. You had Mike Huckabee who tweeted about deceased. He made a joke. Mike Huckabee tweeted a joke about deceased people voting. And they were either they either banned it or they were discussing banning it. And Yoel Roth said, look, this is a dangerous. Yes, I know it's a joke, but it's a dangerous tweet that they have slack messages of Yoel Roth and these other top executives dissecting these tweets left and right. Uh, Some of them accused Democrats of stealing elections. And and these people were exercising freedom of speech. Um, And by the way, you know, it's incredible. They they, they found discussions on slack uh, about requests by the Biden uh, campaign or the Biden incoming administration to censor tweets, but they never and they're discussing, well, should we listen to Biden or not? They never, ever have slack messages. These these two reporters, they went through the mess, the slack discussions and they have conversations about, well, Biden requested this, Biden requested that. And yet they never discussed Trump also requested a lot of things from Twitter, but 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 they never discussed the Trump stuff. They only discuss the Biden requests. So I guess it's just another glitch in, in the algorithm. And the amazing part is, and this is the part that to me is underreported, and this is the biggest deal of all the Twitter files and all the shadow banning and everything else and the censorship, but that the fact that they're in cahoots, that you have Twitter conspiring with the FBI, you have the FBI, and this, by the way, remember, was a, was Trump's FBI. This is Christopher Ray, who was appointed by Trump. He ran the FBI, and the FBI is telling Twitter and Facebook, hey, you got to censor the Hunter Biden scandal, and you got to censor uh, tweets about election fraud. And like, are you kidding me? You have the FBI and Twitter meeting. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if if, if there were Trump, if Trump administration officials would meet with Fox News and would meet with, um, you know, the, the, the media uh, outlets and tell them what to report and they would listen? I mean, it is literally state controlled media. It, it, it's not so different than Iran, than North Korea, than Russia. So they were consistently – this is like in Slack messages where Yoel Roth and other Twitter executives are meeting with the FBI and the DHS consistently getting instructions on whom to censor from the corrupt federal government. Um, Installment 4 goes through the decision to ban Trump's account once and for all on January 7th, and it turns out it wasn't a glitch. It was done purely for political purposes. Trump never violated Twitter's policies, okay? So they, they they banned his account because they didn't like Trump, period. He never incited violence. In fact, he did the opposite. He called for peaceful protests. Um, they made up new rules to ban him. I'm not kidding, by the way. This is a sitting president, January 7th. Trump was a sitting president. And they literally made up new rules to ban 
Trump. And, and, and I, I'm going to quote you here a direct quote from Yoel Roth. Listen to this. The evening they decided to ban Trump, a twi- I'm, I'm reading you a quote from the Twitter file story. A Twitter engineer direct messaged Roth saying, quote, I feel a lot of debates around exceptions stem from the fact that Trump's account is not technically different from anybody else and yet treated differently due to his personal status without corresponding Twitter rules, end quote. So you hear that quote? is this Twitter engineer is saying to Roth, he's saying, one second, why are we singling out Trump? Why is Trump different than everybody else? Trump did not technically break any rules. He's just Trump. Here's Roth's response, okay? Roth's response is, quote, this is amazing. To put a different spin on it, policy is one part of the system of how Twitter works. We ran into the world changing faster than we were able to either adapt the product or the policy. The world is changing too, okay? So the world is changing too. In other words, what he's saying is, Listen, yeah, policy, that's one thing, but like we can ignore the policy. Yeah, you're right, Trump didn't violate Twitter policy, but the world is changing faster than we're able. Oh, we could we could use that excuse always. You know, it's, somebody does something which is not a crime, and then we're going to put them in jail. Uh, well, why are you putting him in jail? Well, he, he committed a crime. Well, I- after the fact, we decided that it's a crime, so now it's a crime. But the world is changing so fast, we didn't know it was a crime at the time. Like, that, that, that's insane. That you can't run the world that way. The world is changing too. That's what he said back. He said policy is just one, uh, one, one part of how the system works. But we have, we, we ran into the world changing faster than we were able to adapt the policy. In other words, we weren't able to change the policy fast enough to figure out a way to ban Trump. So we'll ban Trump anyway, despite him not even breaking the policy or violating the policy. Uh, we, we, we have an excuse to ban you. Uh, you know, it, it, it really is stunning. This is astonishing. All right. Let's get to some other news here. Uh, President Biden has announced a loan to help make EV batteries, electronic elect, uh, electric vehicle batteries. Uh, guess who the loan is going to be helping? It's not going to help Tesla. Surprise, surprise. And they've never liked Musk. This is not new. They're going to say, well, it's because he bought Twitter. No, tw- Musk wasn't even invited. Musk is the king of electric vehicles. Tesla, by far is by far the best electric vehicle. None of them even come close, and it's the most widespread. And he literally revolutionized it. He's done so much for the climate, gets zero credit from all these climate people. By the way, did you see Ocasio-Cortez? She put out a movie on the climate, and it, it, it's a total flop. It, 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 did, it performed abysmally. The first weekend that this was in theaters, it made it grossed $10,000. $10,000. It averaged $80 a theater, uh, this new ocasio a movie about climate change. So what a shock that people have no interest in watching Ocasio's climate change movie. I mean, it just sounds like a thriller. Like if you want to have a fun night, like, oh man, we got to go check out Ocasio-Cortez's movie about climate change. But look, there's one of two options here. Either people don't care about climate change or people don't trust Ocasio-Cortez to tell them about climate change. The, the woman who wants to spend 80 or $90 trillion dollars to, to help the climate with the Green New Deal and essentially have this massive government takeover of, of almost every industry. But anyway, back to this. So uh, Biden announced a $2.5 billion loan to help GM and LG make EV batteries. It's it's just so egregious that – and like I said, Musk, Musk was not invited to – they had this like gathering of all the electric car companies, but they did not invite Musk. That was when Biden first took office. Um and by the way, you know, it's a loan, two and a half billion dollar loan. Let's see if they ever have to pay back this loan. I mean, just think about this. The, the U.S. government with 30 trillion dollars in debt, people can't afford to buy bread and, and fill up their car with gas. And the government is funding GM and LG, GM and LG. And, and they're getting government funding, two and a half billion dollars. It's just completely disgraceful. 
A listener asked me the following question. How can I be so sure? What if Trump is an anti-Semite? You know, people change. Yes, Trump did all these good things for the Jews, but he met with uh, Kanye and Fuentes. Look, the debate, the jury's out because he didn't know who Fuentes was, but he met with Kanye. So maybe Trump is an anti-Semite. And, you know, because I keep going back to look at all the stuff that Trump has done for the Jews. And the answer is very simple. Number one, you know, Trump has been very consistent. It's not like, I mean, look, let's be honest. He has... You know, grandchildren who are Jewish. He has, uh, you know, a son-in-law and a daughter. Um, obviously, his daughter, you know, converted. But but uh, he's somebody who's been very close to the Jews for many, many years. I mean, look at Jason Greenblatt. I mean, he appointed David Friedman. Jason Greenblatt's been working for Trump forever. I understand that's anecdotal, but everything that Trump has done has been pro-Jewish. Like since he's, you know, since he's got take had any power and influence. So it's going to take a lot more than a meeting. Is it possible? Some mitigation is possible, but like, would you assume that? So, so, the, so this person essentially said, "Well, if I have a choice between Trump and DeSantis in the primaries, would I choose DeSantis because DeSantis seems to like Jews?" Look, once you're going to go with the mindset of, "Listen, past history does not indicate anything about the future," then I'm not sure why you're so, uh, you know, cal- uh, so calm about DeSantis and why you're so. Uh, comfortable with DeSantis because maybe he'll change also. But look, the answer is very simple. I'll take any of them. I will take any of them. Any Republican who's going to run in the primary pretty much is going to be so much better than what we have now. So to sit there and nitpick and say, well, maybe Trump, it's just really hard to believe that Trump suddenly changed. So yeah, if if you suddenly saw tweets that were anti-Jewish, if you suddenly saw Trump supporting policies or supporting groups that were anti-Jewish, we could have that conversation I'm sorry, okay? Kanye West flatters him, you know, caters to his ego, strokes Trump's ego. Ego Trump Trump is very into anybody who kind of including people on the left by the way. Anybody who flatters Trump, anybody who praises Trump, who panders to Trump, they get Trump's attention, they get these meetings. So he met with Kanye despite his anti-Semitism, not because of Kanye's anti-Semitism. That is my take on it. But you want to support DeSantis? I'm fine with that because I think DeSantis would be you know, just a, just an amazing choice as well. All right. As I mentioned, the Hunter Biden um, artwork selling for two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars to anonymous buyers um, at a new e- exhibition in Manhattan. No ethics uh, investigation that we are aware of. Soho gallery owner George Burgess, the art dealer for Hunter Biden, said the paintings range in price from fifty five thousand. Do you understand two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars? That they only people spend that kind of money on really, really, really top artists. Um, so let's see here. Uh, George Bush's ethics chief, Richard Painter, this is his name, Richard Painter, funny coincidence, last year told Fox News, quote, it's going to be very clear with people in the know as to who buys Hunter Biden's art. The question is, are the American people going to know the White House should insist on complete transparency? But the White House says that there are safeguards in place to prevent any ethical breaches. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And uh, critics have also claimed that a new artist such as Hunter Biden would not typically sell their artwork for such a high price. And, oh, come on. I, really? You, you you think? All right, inflation. We'll end with this. You know, I got to mention inflation because everybody's doing cartwheels and celebrating. Biden's acting as though he somehow is helping the economy because inflation is officially down. And inflation is not down. Inflation was 7.1 percent um, in November, and that's down. Previously, it was like in the eights. Okay, and now it's down to 7.1 percent. So they're acting like inflation is down. 
But it's it's a fallacy. And let me it's an illusion. Let me explain why. Because it goes year over year. Inflation go inflation is is measured year over year. So they measure it to a, a year before. So because they want to measure inflation, so you measure it if if November twenty twenty two. Well, how was inflation November twenty twenty one? And that determines. So the consumer price index is up seven point one percent compared to a year ago. The problem is a year ago was already way too high. It was it was astronomically high a year ago, November twenty twenty one. Biden's already in office for ten months. And inflation was out of control a year ago. So it's like it's like basically somebody's going, you know, 70 miles an hour on the highway. And then uh, they, they check in an hour later and they say, well, how how is this acceleration? How fast is he going now? Oh, well, he's only up 40 percent compared to what he was before. Before he was up 90 percent. Now he's only up 40 because he was going 70. Now he's going 110 miles an hour. Well, that's pretty bad if you're, it's, it's what you're comparing it to. So they're comparing it to already high inflation. Inflation a year ago was high. So you want to compare inflation to a year ago. Well, it's only 7% up what it was a year ago. Well, a year ago was already extremely high. So it's, it, it's, it's a fake metric. Okay. I understand they have to do this. They measure it based on the year, but it makes no sense when you're talking about Biden and how bad Biden is for the economy. It's Biden versus himself. So he was a disaster a year ago. Now he's even a bigger disaster, 7.1% more than last year, right? So somebody's going really fast and then they measure him. Well, he's not, he's faster than he was before, but it's only a smaller percentage faster. It, it, it makes no sense. So here are the actual numbers. And this is according to Yussi Gestetner, by the way, um, compared to 24 months, compared to two years ago, November, this, this past November, 14.4% up inflation has risen 14.4% compared to 2 years ago November 24 months ago that's a much better comparison that's insane 14% inflation compared to before Biden took office October 14.4% September 14% August 13.7% July 14.3% June 14.9% so put it this way inflation now is much worse than it was at the beginning of this year not better and uh you know here let me just read you Jessica Stetner's tweet here quote um Inflation gets reported year over year without a wider shot. Where things came from, it's like the vehicle double speed from 35 to 70 miles an hour. Slow down, maniac. It then increases to 80 miles an hour. Nice driving, buddy. You only went up by 10 miles an hour. Why did the police give you a ticket? So that's exactly right. So don't believe this fake news that somehow inflation is down and that somehow Biden's economic policies are working. They are not. He doesn't even want them to work. Let's be honest. That's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.